Okay. Hey, girl. Here we hey. are. Season one, dropping today. This is, just feels unreal. I know. I know. <laughs> it's so exciting. I'm just so pumped to start off 2003 with like- You mean 2023? Pod- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we start off oh. with an epilepsy moment right off the there bat. There we go. <laughs> hey, 2003 was fun. Uh, I'd start off like you know that. What? It was, yeah, that was a fun year. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> and yep, we're, we're, we're in 2023 though, and we are very excited <laughs> to start it with uh, DJ Hoppa. I mean, just his vibes. He's so positive. He's such a person that like, but he's real. You know, mm-hmm. there's none of that like toxic positivity stuff. No. It's like, you know, I just feels I feel like, like a motivational speaker. Yes, absolutely. I just like, I, I would love to hear just on my Instagram feed, like just like reels of him, just mm-hmm. like giving me like little tips of motivation all through the day or something. Oh, yes. You know? <laughs> yes, 100%. He just, yeah, we walked away from that recording just feeling kind of like on cloud nine of like, what else can we do to better the world? You know, totally. Hoppa made us feel like yes. we could do anything. So what else yes. is on our checklist? Yes. Oh, and so you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the first episode of What the F. And we really hope you enjoy listening as much as we had recording. Yeah. Make sure you stay tuned after the episode. We feature an epilepsy fave of the week every week. So make sure you listen after the episode for that. Oh, and we really... Before we begin, we really want to thank our sponsors for believing in us mm-hmm. and, you know, right at the get-go, like on board with this. And they're the people that like are keeping the lights on for us. So thank yeah. you to SK Life Science and thank you to Norellis. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And here we go. Hey, guys. Welcome to What the F. We are so excited to have our guest today, DJ Hoppa whose resume is so long that it could take the entire episode. (laughs) But we feel like it is definitely worth mentioning. First of all, he has clients including Ducati, Ferrari, Formula One, Microsoft, ESPN, Lululemon, and the Grammys. No big deal. Also has shared a stage with Michael Jackson, Earth, Wind & Fire, Drake, Bruno Mars, Marshmallow, and Chromio. And just when you think he can't become even cooler, he's also an educator, which in in our dorky minds makes you very cool. <laughs> Love it. Because he has he started Scratch DJ Academy, which is in-person learning in New York, LA, and Miami on how to become a DJ. And just in case you don't live in those cities, he also has DJ Coach, which offers online DJ lessons. He's also known as Professor Hoppa at Mount San Antonio College, where he teaches performance as a part of an audio arts degree program. And there's more. (laughs) 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 He has a podcast called A Tribe Called Dad, and he and his co-host, DJ Spider, aim to bring more light and representation to fathers who are making a positive impact in their kids' lives. How cool is that? And then... Obviously, of course, the reason that we, aside from being just a dope person, that we have you here is he's an epilepsy advocate. DJ Hoppa, thank you for being here and welcome. That was such a great intro. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot that is, I know there's a lot, it's a mouthful and I've got quite a lot of things on my plate, but I'm so excited to be here. This is so important, like talking about epilepsy, talking about just everything that I'm I know we're going to get into today. I'm, I'm just very excited to be connected to the two of you. 
Oh, thanks. Well, we are equally as pumped, if not more so. But that's actually, you know, like what you said, talking about epilepsy is kind of what our jumping off point wanted to be. There was a great feature article that you did an interview for. And in there, you talk about how you spoke at your college graduation. You were asked to speak because your epilepsy journey was so powerful and treacherous and awful. And you graduated and you were asked to speak and talk about it. And then you said that you kind of were just like, okay, I've done that. I've done my part and now I'm done. Mm -hmm. And so our question to you is what made the change for you? What made you decide to start talking about it and become the advocate that you are today? Yeah, I think for me, when I spoke at my graduation at UCLA, it was something that I looked at as, you know, okay, yes, I've checked that off the list, right? So like, I've now now done that, I've shared this, mm-hmm. and cool, I'm done. And, <laughs> and that was also a a certain chapter of my life, certainly, and, and college was the roughest uh, patch for me in terms of my overall journey with epilepsy. I was diagnosed with epilepsy at the age of 17, so right before I left for college. It was literally months before I left and relocated my life to L.A., wow. and that freshman year of college, freshman and sophomore years of college were so challenging. I mean, I can't even I was in and out of the emergency room, you know, I mean, I had near death experiences, like saw the white light, everything, the, the full, you know, the full Monty on that side. And just like literally was trying to live as normal of a college experience as possible. And, you know, I mean, partying, staying up late, stressing over exams, not a great, not a great lifestyle. If you're somebody who has seizures, you're not alone. You know, I try to and do uncontrolled seizures. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think that's yeah. I think that's a common theme. I didn't have epilepsy in college, but I've heard from a lot of people, Lexi included, mm-hmm. that oh, I totally like a com- That was my first thing. grand mal seizure. I was like, oh, nineteenth birthday. Yeah, I'll go out party five nights a week, and you know, totally. drink every night, and yep. no shit, I had a huge seizure, but I kept doing it after. <laughs> And, you know, did it for freshman and sophomore year. Well, it's one of those things, right? Like hindsight is definitely 2020. I'm I'm a lot older now and I'd like to think I'm a little bit more mature now. But, the, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but at at that life stage, there's things that matter more Mm -hmm. than, you know, it doesn't make logical sense to most of us. And that was it for my seizures as well, which is like common sense would tell you, you probably should chill out. You yeah. should probably not, <laughs> not go out and party the night after you had a seizure. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, I mean, it probably means Common more. Common sense is not, is not right. around it's, very no, often it's not around in, in the that, teenager's in brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have a lot of grace for people that are in that space, you know, because mm-hmm. I think it's totally it's really important to realize that everybody has to kind of find the, their own rhythm in that. Yeah. And while I'm not an advocate for people living recklessly, I am an advocate for people also exploring the outer limits of what they're capable of mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, playing it super safe. But yeah. anyways, you you were asking me more more specifically about like this pull to come back and speak about epilepsy and mm-hmm. I can't take credit for that. I was at lunch at this at this moment in my career. I'd now graduated from college. I had, you know, checked that off the list about talking about epilepsy, like, you know, 
made it to the top of the mountain in my collegiate you know career or whatnot had now moved on was in the music industry you know was, was doing pretty well for myself had just landed a gig doing the morning news on tv as a dj no like as no. the yeah. in-house <laughs> studio dj and it was cool like i was i mean you know you talk about pushing the limits of what you're capable of i was still djing five nights a week in clubs oh and God. I would be getting home at like 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m. and then having to turn it around and be at the studio at 5 a.m. Um, wow. and, and be camera ready. And that was the norm. And all the while my license had been taken away from me too because of, you know, of the epilepsy stuff. So here I am, this is pre-Uber. I'm like paying, <laughs> I'm paying crazy money to have a taxi come and pick me up you know and at some point like they just sort of know you because there's not many people in LA that take taxis and so (laughs) you know I'm like headed to the studio you know doing the on-air thing in the morning had a publicist at the time who was also a friend shout out to Jed who is just an awesome dude and we were sitting down at lunch one day and in true publicist fashion he's looking for an angle he's looking for how how do we continue to, you know, raise your overall profile? Mm-hmm, um, but I sure. don't think that that was really, you know, yes, that was there because that was a part of his job. But I think more importantly, Jed was really thinking about this in a much grander opportunity and a, a much sort of larger purpose here in terms of my overall career and, and the platform that I had. And so we're at lunch one day and he says to me, Hey, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this and I think you should be talking about your epilepsy. I I think we should really share this a lot more. And I'm like, no, 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 don't touch that. Next, what else we got? Like, so what about Rolling Stone? Have you heard back from Rolling Stone? Like, what's happening there? (laughs) Without missing a beat, he was like, you know, I'm bipolar. And I, mm. I mean, I was just taken back, like, wait, what? And the, the immediate thing that came out of my mouth, you know, we were friends and whatnot. This probably isn't the most PC thing. Um, but what <laughs> came out immediately was like, you, you don't look like you're bipolar. And he fired back. I mean, it was just so great. He was just like, and you don't look like you have epilepsy. And I was like, okay. Boom. Love, yeah, love that, it. That yeah, check me. It. That, that yeah. was it, you know, uh, yeah. mic drop at that point. And so yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, I have no words. You're absolutely right. And at that point, then it immediately turned to, so where do we start? You know, what does that mean? And he <laughs> had already set this up and he already knew. He was like, I've already reached out to the folks that run epilepsy.com. Um, I knew you would say yes already. <laughs> like we've got, a, we've got a call with them, <laughs> you know, tomorrow or whatever. And that really was the start of my advocacy with epilepsy.com, which at, the, at that time was being run by a, a, a great organization called the Epilepsy Therapy Project. And the work that we've been able to do with other epilepsy organizations in this space has been awesome, but it's not enough. And, mm-hmm. you know, this notion of talking about epilepsy and you know, spreading more awareness around this is so important. And I was just floored when I was hearing some of these statistics. You know, mm-hmm. one in twenty-six people within their lifetime will have epilepsy. That's crazy. You know, and here yeah, I am. Yeah. You know, I DJing. shared that with someone once, and they were like, "That's not true." 
I, right. It doesn't even like, seem, it doesn't even seem true. You know, I mean, like, how you many- must be wrong. And I had just had a seizure. And so like my brain wasn't working. I was like, maybe right. I am wrong. <laughs> no. Maybe it's one in 26,000. Maybe I'm you know, Yeah, right. yeah. It's oh, so true on. though, because, you know, for me, I had never even really heard of the term epilepsy when I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And like, that was so new for me. And then, you know, now I think, there is some more awareness around epilepsy, but it's like the negative awareness around epilepsy. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody talking about seizures, you know, in a, in a, in a rap song or whatever, and sort of making reference to, you know, I'm going to have this seizure or whatever. Yeah. It's not painting the true picture of what this is and how many people this affects. And I think everybody's dealing with the things that they've got in their world, the way that they're dealing with them. This is not for me to judge. This is not for me to say, hey, you should be doing this and doing this differently or, or better. But I think when it came to me and my role in this, I took that pretty seriously in terms of how I might be able to share my story and be able to help somebody out there that feels alone, that feels isolated, that feels like they're the only one that doesn't know how to navigate this disease and and, and their life. And they've been told a whole bunch of different things, some of which, you know, feel like real limitations. I was told I couldn't go to college by my neurologist when I was first diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, you know, I, I think epilepsy has been such a great gift that is God given. I truly believe that. And I wouldn't be the person that I am without that. And it's just made me such a better human being. And I, I believe so? there's so many gifts. How so? What do you gifts. mean when you say, because I feel like that's going to give a lot of listeners pause and be like, yeah. it's a gift? What yeah. are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? You know, For sure. So, yeah, like, in, you know, you say it's made you a better person. Like, could you just, and I have similar thoughts about it too yeah in that regard where i'm like and i hate the fact that i think of it that way because i get so like <laughs> mad at it but i'm like oh yeah. we have our you moments are, and we're like you have epilepsy. really helped me yeah yeah totally i definitely yeah i have a shirt that says fuck up but i also appreciate what it's done mm-hmm. and i want to hear what does that mean to you i feel like epilepsy is a part of my everyday life by force to some degree, right? Um, But that it's really, it's changed me in ways that I can't even really fully articulate other than probably the best way is to paint a picture. So pre-epilepsy, I was, I was in high school. I was the man in high school. Like I... (laughs) I felt completely. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So to paint the picture, academics were a breeze for me. You know, I, I, I put in effort, but it came pretty easy for mm-hmm. me. I graduated high school with a 4.25 GPA. Wow. You know, was a three years varsity basketball. Wasn't necessarily like the standout basketball star, but enough to just like be able to have a Letterman jacket and be able wow. to, three years, you know. that means a sophomore. Yeah. And, that's, that's, and that's I mean, I think thing. this is probably, and then, you know, was getting into DJing. And so that was, I mean, that's a pretty cool thing to be into in high school. And, you know, it's yeah. like. Getting all the girls. You you don't have, we'll just say it And then was a bit of a ladies man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and and then on top of all that, I've just been accepted to UCLA on a full academic scholarship. So, mm-hmm. I mean, really, what do you get? Yeah. Like, 
untouchable. That's just like, that's how you describe it. And now I'm full picture. Get it. Mm -hmm. Yes. 100%. And so here I am, you know, thinking nothing, nothing is going to get in the way of me doing whatever I want to do. I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to run LA this same way that I've run my little high school and just be good to go. Like nothing you can tell me. And yeah, so I'd been accepted to UCLA Mm -hmm. and probably about a month later, maybe not even a month later, I have a seizure, a grand mal seizure in the middle of my, in the middle of the night in my sleep. Mm -hmm. And now my entire world is completely turned upside down. You know, I'm basically a vegetable for about three weeks while they're trying to figure out the right dosage. Mm-hmm. And the neurologist that I'm assigned after you know coming out of the emergency room is the one who's basically saying to me, "Hey, I think we should be rethinking college altogether." You know, wow. especially going away to college at this stage in your journey here. I mm-hmm. don't think that that's a great idea. And I told him to go f himself, you know, uh, <laughs> which is appropriate for this podcast. But uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Again, now hindsight being twenty twenty, I look back on this, and for many, many years, I painted him out to be the villain. Sometimes when I go and speak, you know, people get all riled up in the audience, like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm that guy." Um, <laughs> yep. And I think he—I'd like to think that he had good intent. You know, I think he was coming from it from a perspective that was really thinking about me, hopefully, and saying, "Hey, look, like I—I I don't want you to have this rough go." Mm-hmm. And yet I needed the rough go. Yeah. And I needed to go through it myself. I, I can't believe that my parents allowed me to do this. I mean, honestly, like I am indebted to them for that because I don't know if I would be able to do the same as a parent today. I'd like to think that I, I would, but you know, you got to have some really great faith and trust in my ability to sort of keep my head on straight, you mm-hmm. know, and, and then go into that next chapter in that way. But yeah, it was it was rough. And I think, you know, the gift of epilepsy taught me so much. And so back to sort of like why I really consider this a gift. I mean, I'm not that person. I'm far from that person today. I hope I hope I, I'm able to convey that in, in the way that I live my life <laughs> that I'm not living the same way I was when I was 17 and reckless like that. But you have a podcast you know. about being good, a good father. So no, you don't convey that. No, you don't. Yeah, I just probably the biggest gift out of all of it has been this shift in the way that I just view the world and the way that I view the 24 hours that we're given every day. Mm -hmm. And I know this may sound cliche, but it's, he's going to make us cry. Really allowed me to look at the present time for the gift that it really truly is. And to try and do as much as I can do each and every day to have some sort of impact because I know tomorrow is not guaranteed. I know today wasn't a guarantee. I mean, I look back on my life and I didn't think I would make it to 19. Mm-hmm. You know, I re- I truly did not feel that way. During my freshman year, I had no idea that I would even get to this point. I didn't think having a family was in the cards. Like I didn't think, you know, having a stable relationship and, and you know, being married was even something. I couldn't actually picture that. Um, at that time. And it's such a gift to be able to live in the present, to be able to really truly cherish like right here, right now. I mean, I I would not want to be doing anything else 
right now except for spending the time that I'm spending with the two of you right now. I'm fully Aww. present, fully focused. And like, this means so much to me. And like, literally, I, I am able to confidently say that that's, that is the way that I look at every single day. It's what allowed me to pursue my passion, not for fame or fortune, but for the fact that that's what I love to do. And if I could spend my time doing what I love to do, what would I do? And that's exactly how it's literally been one foot in front of the next. And mm-hmm. these things have just really fallen into place the way that they have because I've pursued that. Because I've, and not because I've pursued like, oh, let me go out and create a career in which I'm sharing stages with some of my heroes, but more so <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's just like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to take this day by day. I'm going to try and do whatever I can do today. I'm really going to cherish this. I'm going to look at this glass as half full, not half empty. And I'm going to approach it this way. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, I really don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that is such a grounding yeah. sentiment. Like, and I, it's something that I feel like I kind of have to remind myself to get back to Me sometimes, too. especially when I'm in a seizure free mm-hmm. zone you know, when it's been over a month since I've had a seizure, I start to, I notice I'll start to take time a little bit more for granted, yep. you know, mm-hmm. but epilepsy is absolutely, I feel you in that where it's like, it has made me appreciate the present moment so much more. Um, yep. because it's, you know what it's like to have that present moment stolen from mm-hmm. you for sure, and then be wrecked for the next week. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's like, I think it's not a coincidence that when it comes to epilepsy and when it comes to seizures, there's this real, I mean, by definition, this is a loss of control. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. you, you've lost control of your body. And it's also a pause in a lot of ways and a, and a shakeup of what has happened, right? It's there. It really forces you to stop and sort of recalibrate in that way. And I think like that, shakeup is really great. And I believe that like, this is something that is a gift. You know, you look at the pandemic and yes, there's a lot of negative things that certainly came out of the pandemic. There's also a lot of positive things that I feel like have come out of the pandemic. It's a real reset that has happened for a lot of people. And a lot of people have rethought things like, why am I doing it this way? Like, wait, what? You know, there's a lot of companies that are like, wait, why are we paying for this huge office and requiring people to come in here and punch the clock for eight hours and they're not as efficient. They're not at home with their families. Like, like we can, they can be as efficient at home, but you know, Mm -hmm. we're getting as much productivity out of them and they're now happier people. Like, yeah, we got to rethink this whole thing. And I feel like epilepsy really did force me into that and continues to do that. You know, and, hey, yeah. I'm I'm seizure free. I think this is, I've, you know, honestly, I've even lost count, which is like such a great thing. Like, I love not, I'm that. like 15 years seizure free, I think, at this oh, point. That's awesome. And I'm not on medication. I'm not. Oh, wow. Like, I, oh, I just this want is to dance just, for you right yeah, now. So I mean, that's so awesome. Which I, you know. Sometimes yeah. I feel a little, you know, <laughs> self-conscious about that, especially when I'm talking to people in the epilepsy community, because I don't want that to be something which is like, "Hey, I, have, I'm done." Like you guys, and I'm not <laughs> in any which way. By the way, you know, like this is to me, this is even more important for me to be able to talk about it in this way because we have a lot of people that are out there that have very similar 
stories where they dealt with epilepsy and seizures very heavily for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And then they were able to find, you know, a way to control it. They were able to find the right, you know, combination of things to maybe control it or whatever it was. And then they're just like, oh, well, then that was that was then this is now now I'm not talking about it. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to come back. You got to talk about this because people need to hear those stories. They Mm -hmm. need to hear that like, hey, there is light on the other side of this. There is the possibility that that would happen. And while, you know, I'm not a doctor, I can't tell you, hey, do this, this and this and this will all work out. Um, and I think that's also the challenge with epilepsy is there's not one combination, right? I mean, if there were, we would all do it and like, be good yeah. with it. But well, can but I ask not you a question? Yeah, I'm just so curious as someone you know who still has active seizures, and so I, you know, epilepsy really determines a lot of what I do every minute of every day. You For know, sure. based on like trying to mitigate a seizure. So my question is like being 15 ish years seizure free is it something because it's constantly on my brain like Mm -hmm. well obviously it's literally living there but I mean like it also is like constantly in my mind I should say and so is it do you do you still think about it that way or I'm I'm just so curious to get in the mind of someone who is yeah it's a great question it's such a great question I don't know if I've ever actually been asked this question and let's see so I had to change my relationship with epilepsy Mm-hmm. Um, I had to change the way that I thought about my seizures. I had, to, I had to change the way that I approached it in general. And, you know, that's like, that's sort of connected to, you know, what we were talking about earlier with epilepsy being this gift. And I almost needed to shift my mindset from it being this thing that was more fear driven on my side, and I'm not suggesting that that's it for you, but like for me, no, it, was it is that you hit it on the head. It's a fear driven thing where yeah. it's like at any time the bomb could yep. go off. Like yep. I kind of got it. <laughs> yep. I kind of got it. All right. It's just kind of like, right. all right. Yes. You know, but <laughs> that's my day to day. Papa, that's my day to day. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, it's also sort of that same thing of, you know, there's a lot of people, and I'm really passionate about also bringing this to a space whereby this is relatable for people who don't have epilepsy as well. I think we are, we are the authors of our own stories. And I think our minds are so incredibly powerful. We can make something as grandiose as we want it to be. I mean, it's amazing what we can do with our minds. And in that way, I, I've certainly done that in the past. I think everybody at some point in time, I believe it really is a human experience that we've all maybe felt that we've built this thing up to make it scarier than it really is mm-hmm. and, and bigger and larger than it really is. And I'm not taking anything away from having a seizure and dealing with epilepsy, not at all. And uh, like, it is a serious thing. It should be dealt with appropriately. It should be something that like we are really respecting. But I think that's where it shifted for me was this respect for epilepsy versus this fear of having a seizure. Mm-hmm. And, and in this way, I was mm-hmm. able to find this space in this relationship with my epilepsy whereby I respected it to the degree of I'm going to get tuned into my body. I'm going to try to figure out like I'm able to tell when I'm not at my best. You know, yeah. when I need to 
chill out for a while and maybe it's not you know continuing to step on the gas i i need to pull back right now because mm-hmm. i'm feeling like this is a lot i'm feeling myself getting overworked overwhelmed let me pull back a little bit let me figure out how i can like reduce this stress on what's going on and like that's easier said than done 100 especially with everything you know you're doing yeah, yeah no <laughs> and, and I, for me, I look at that i'm like i don't know how you do it well, you know, for me, like, it's it's so crazy because while my schedule is pretty demanding, it's also filled with so many things that really bring me true joy. Oh, and I love that. I love that's, that. That's wonderful. I mean, I mean, that's how guys, we feel about yeah. this podcast. I know. That's, so. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I literally would not yeah. want to be doing anything else right now. I mean, this is mm-hmm. this is so exciting. And when I look at my my schedule and my calendar, for the most part. You know, there's a few things here and there that I'm like, oh, I really don't. I'd really rather not do that, you know, like, uh, you know, but, yeah. but for the most part, I also try my best to reframe those things and reshape mm-hmm. those things as much as I can. And then also, you know, find ways to delegate those things as well. Like there's a lot of things in my world that I've been able to delegate. And to find people mm-hmm. uh, where that's something that they really love to do. It's like, awesome. You really love to do that? Because I hate that. <laughs> like, Take this it. would be great. I have a financial person now who's been with me for the last, I think now about five or six years. And, you know, it's been awesome to not even really have to worry about some of those things. And some of the things that, like, you know, would normally stress me out, mm-hmm. I'm able to delegate to that person. And, yeah, sure. Like, I'm paying this person to do this. And so, like, yeah, I'm not necessarily, you know, but to me, it's worth it. It's it's oh, worth yeah. it in it some ways. one more thing off your list. Yeah, and just, like, allows me to really focus on the things that, like, do bring me joy in my life. And, and yes, of course, I live sort of a different, maybe a different life than maybe some of the people that are listening to this podcast. But at the same time, like, there's ways to do this in, in all sorts of facets of life. People also love like playing to their own superpowers. Yeah. You know, yes. And like, I think we and have helping. to allow mm-hmm. that. Yes. Like, I and let's like allow somebody in it. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the thing too. When you reach out and like delegate, you're creating, you're strengthening your community mm-hmm. and yes. you're be, letting yourself be vulnerable, which only strengthens that bond with the person yeah. that you are asking for help from. And at least according to, I think my therapist. <laughs> yeah, it's I hard. Think, you know, it's a if, hard skill to learn, but once it you, is. once you get to open up to people and say, "Hey, I need help with this," is makes it just that much better because it's it's hard to do this shit alone. And that's a part of the. I think that's a part of the reframing on that side. I mean, here's, here's a part of my love story with my wife, but you know, the, I believe that we probably would not be married with three kids if it weren't for me having my license taken away. Like what turned into, so now I'm like, I made mention of, no, she's not a taxi driver, but she became a ride for me. She became a ride for me. And it was like, You know, we, we had met, we were just sort of friends at this point, And she lived very close to the TV studio where I was having to go every morning. And I remember her asking, you know, like, hey, if you ever need a ride or whatever, like, let me know. Or like, you okay, know. Okay, this is the was, cutest story. Yeah, this is adorable. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yeah, uh, actually, that would be great. I took her up on a couple of those 
you know, those offers for rides. And that was quality time that we spent together that was a part of our courtship or whatnot, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just that also me being vulnerable in that way, I think, mm-hmm. helped 100%. that process as well. And, you know, yeah, I could have looked at this as like, well, dang it, I don't have a, a license. Like, how can I in our world be a man and not have like, there's this whole mm-hmm. weird, like, you know, stereotype around that. Yeah. And it was great. It was great. And I honestly felt like that was such a huge part of us getting to know each other more and deeper and like me not having to, you know, be in this space where I was so guarded. I think that also is something that is really important about, you know, people talking about epilepsy and sharing their stories. And I think I was maybe going down this road of saying too, that like, I don't want to make this purely about epilepsy. I mean, no, we are obviously that's our connection here. And that's what we're talking about here. But it's also like, you could, you could remove the word epilepsy or seizure out of everything that we're saying right now and insert your own mm-hmm. challenge that you're dealing with, Absolutely. you know, and, and that yep. to me is so important for people to be like, yes, that is true with my learning disability. Yes, that is true with, you know, this trauma that I've faced in coming from a broken home or whatever it might be, maybe something even, else health related. Even going back to Jed, right? Yeah, Who yeah, right. deals with bipolar. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I think that that's really important because sometimes, you know, I feel like people change the channel. It's like, oh, epilepsy. Oh, that doesn't necessarily affect me. So yeah, it's like, nope, nope. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about here. And we're talking about overcoming obstacles. We're talking about dealing with things that are going to shake up your life. And that's going to impact everybody at some point, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think it just hits us earlier. You yeah, know, which life, is also a part of it, that gift, you know, back to that. Mm-hmm. That's also a part of that gift. I feel like there's been a lot of things in my life that um, I probably would have freaked out over if yeah. it weren't for this, you know, because they, they're like, wow, this is a big deal. And it's like, well, <laughs> in <laughs> relation to what exactly I was dealing with there, like, that's pretty small. Landis and I like, talk about heard- that all the time. We're like, oh, I mean, this happened, whatever. Not a big deal. We got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God. Well, Hoppa, this conversation has just been amazing. I feel like this was like a meditation or something. I know. Are you sure? Like I feel more enlightened. Yeah. Or lighter. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. Same. I think I would really like to encourage, if you're listening to this right now, you have a voice, you have a story, you have a community that you belong to, whether that's a community of, you know, two people or 2000 people or whatever it might be. And like, I know that there's a lot of people that feel like maybe you were in my shoes where you weren't really wanting to share your story or you would, you know, you sort of feared that people would look at you differently or, you know, treat you differently. And I'll tell you what, they will. Um, Mm -hmm. Like they will, they will look at you differently and they will treat you differently, but that isn't necessarily a negative thing. And in fact, actually, I think we build up this fear for around that of like wanting to share this. And it is so freeing and there's a lot of freedom that comes with being able to share this and get that off of your shoulders and to get out of the shadows with this and be able to say you know what yeah i have epilepsy and i deal with this and every now and then i might have a seizure but 
I'm a human being and I'm, I, that's not going to define me either. You know, like that's not yeah. where the story ends. That's not where mm-hmm. the period is. It's almost like epilepsy is the comma. Epilepsy is the comma. <laughs> Boom. That is beautiful. Like yeah, that's, that really might is. be a new tagline. Yeah, I was going to say. It really I is. Think, it I is. was having like Oprah aha moments when you were talking, when you said like, yeah, it's going to change how they view you. That's not necessarily a negative thing. I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. No, you're, I, I've never thought about that before. And yeah. then also, you know, it's just, uh, oh, just the idea that a different perception isn't necessarily a bad thing. What, and that 100%. also it gives you freedom to share your story. I was like, oh. Do it for yourself. Like, do that for yourself. It's so true. And for anybody who, like, has been carrying this burden around, like, you've been carrying this around. And the longer you carry it around, the heavier it gets. Mm-hmm. And it's killing your back right now. And it's it's really something that you feel like you are you have to do this. And it's been this, like, whatever, this death sentence or this punishment that you've been given. It's not. It's this gift you've been given to be able to, like, release this. Like, it is your responsibility at this moment to be able to release this and tell another friend. Like, tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell somebody around you because – this will lighten that load and it will also inspire this other person. Every single person right now is walking around with something that they're carrying. And by you sharing Absolutely. this with somebody else, this is going to this is going to release them as well. And mm. it's going to release you, it's going to release them. It'll get you out of this bondage that you feel so entrapped by. And that's what I want. That's what I want for anybody who's listening to this, you know? And I think like it has this real ripple effect. You remember those old like chain emails or chain letters or whatever, where it's like this to five people. And you oh, will be, whatever. It's, oh, it's yes. like, I feel like we need to do that with, with, with our stories, you know, tell mm-hmm. five people this story. I can promise you, I can promise you that there are going to be people that this, you will unlock something in them. Yes. They will be more, and they might not have epilepsy, but they will, they have something. And they will feel inspired by what you shared with them to be able to share something either back with you and reciprocate that or to share something with somebody else. And and it will create this ripple effect in which we can just make the world a better place and, and sort of reduce some of that, you know, judgment and all of that that, mm-hmm. you know, we feel like is going on around there. I feel like we need to just mic drop this minute. <laughs> exactly. And this is where we end the episode because... Yes. I, I oh want to walk. I'm feeling inspired. I, I can't imagine how listeners are feeling too, but I, I thank you so much yes, thank for you. sharing oh, thank your time you. with us. Truly. I mean, this has been a little bit life changing for me as well. So oh, I, I, you know, same, same, you know, like, and the platform that you all have to be able to share this is, is incredible. And I, you know, I appreciate you guys creating this space for us to be able to share like this and for people to be able to listen into this and, and hopefully to be inspired in that way. And, you know, I think we live in a world now where everybody has a voice and everybody's got a platform, which I think is so beautiful. And I think mm-hmm. it's really important. Like, you know, I run into people all the time when we're at these epilepsy conferences or whatnot, or people will hit me up and, you know, obviously I have a, a certain platform, but you know, so does this other person. There are people within your own community that you have the ability to to empower and to be able to do something with. And that's that's huge for me because I think we live in this world in which we're so like if you have X amount of followers, then your your words are valuable. 
It's like, yeah, no, totally. you know, or if you mm-hmm. look a certain way, you have a certain job, then all of a sudden your platform is a higher value in our society in some which way. And it's not, it's honestly yeah. not. And I think like the sooner we can realize that within our own communities, like we can actually make real significant change within specifically within epilepsy. If everybody sort of shares in this way and we will see this like groundswell and that's really what it's about. I love that. Another mic drop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, thanks again. Yeah, thank uh, yes, so thank you, stoked. ladies. Okay. Truly. Awesome. So every week we'll be featuring one of our epilepsy faves. This week is Jessica Smith, who is the CEO and founder of Living Well with Epilepsy. It is an amazing resource for anyone who is looking to hear a story, connect with other people, Everyone shares their own personal stories about epilepsy. And if you want to share yours, you can. We highly recommend you visit livingwellwithepilepsy.com. By the way, our epilepsy faves do not pay to be on here. And if you would like to be featured, please see our contact sheet in our website. Bye.